Oh, hey there, guys. It's good to have you back. Just wanted to let you know, we're always on the lookout for more stories of people in agriculture, whether that's you or someone you know. We're hitting the road and there might be some pretty good chances for us to do some written stories, videos and more podcasts. So if you've got someone or you are that someone, reach out to us. Hello at humansofagriculture.com. With the current role, what really attracted me to the organic dairy space was was the opportunity. Um, and I, I suppose the way that consumers are, are heading in, in the way that they're looking at um, where their food's coming from and the um, transparency within the production of their food. So that was a, a thing that really attracted me to the organic dairy space. G'day and welcome to a special deep dive episode of the Humans of Agriculture podcast. In these little deep dive episodes, we'll be looking to find out more about specific businesses, topics and industries. We're heading to the Australian Organic Conference on the 21st and 22nd of July up in Brizzy. So ahead of the conference, we wanted to sit down and have a chat with Ryan Reynolds, not the actor, from the Organic Milk Co. Ryan is the general manager of the Organic Milk Company. So we sat down to understand a little bit more about their business, the products they're selling, how many farmers they're working with, what are their goals, and most importantly, what are the topics and discussions that he's looking forward to at the inaugural Australian Organic Conference. Ryan, you're, you're the general manager of the Organic Milk Co. And um, we're sitting down, hopefully I'll be seeing you face-to-face next week up in Brizzy for the Australian Organic Conference, which is going to be pretty exciting. But um, how long have you been involved with the Organic Milk Co. for? Yeah, g'day, Ollie. Thanks. Um, yeah, so I've been with the Organic Milk Co. for nearly four years. It'll be four years in October. Um, so I joined there late 2018. Um, yeah, coming across from a, a previous role where I was involved with Buller Dairy Food. So a um, bit of a change in direction, but in the dairy space still. And for you guys, like how, how big is the team at the Organic Milk Co.? Oh, we're pretty small. Um, directly working on the business is only four people. Uh, so there's myself and another sales guy, and then there's two other um, representatives that manage and work with our, our farmer liaison uh, team. So they're out there with the suppliers uh, on a day-to-day basis, um, working with them with on-farm issues and, and support. Um, but we're part of a wider, uh, broader business called Australian Consolidated Milk, um, which has a, a much bigger um, footprint in terms of um, people and support within the business. So we, we fit, fit under that umbrella um, uh, company umbrella there and, and use a lot of the resources from uh, you know, finance, logistics, um, administration perspective as well. Is um, Australian Consolidated Milk also, did they have the feed company? Was it Direct Feeds Australia, DFA? Yeah, they did. That's actually, they've actually wound that up now. Um, it was uh, in operation for a few years, but it's uh, it's now ceased. Yeah. Yeah, yeah righto. And so the, the, the broader business, kind of what's the, for um, ACM, what are, what's the areas and um, places that they specialise in? Yeah, so I suppose I'll take you back uh, over the, the history of the business a little bit, if you like. It's it, The ACM was founded around 14 years ago. Um, so the, the original directors are still involved with the business. Um, uh, three of them all from um, country Victoria, northern Victoria. So they've had exposure and, and interest in, in agriculture and dairy um, for quite a long time. Uh, but at the time when they commenced the business, it was um, really a, a milk distribution business and aggregation of milk um, that they were 
that, that they sit upon to um, support smaller um, producers of, of dairy products, conventional dairy products. So the likes of small cheese and dairy and um, yogurt manufacturers. So they found a, a, a bit of a niche there uh, in terms, in, in a sense, milk broking, uh, I suppose you'd call it. So taking milk in and then and then sending it into operations. But as the business evolved, they realized that they needed an asset to um, help with the, the ebbs and flows of the milk. So not everyone wants it Monday to Friday, uh, cows, cows milk seven days a week. So uh, in order to um, you know, efficiently process and, and aggregate that milk, they needed an, an asset to, to um, uh, to manufacture products and, and to balance the milk uh, across the week. Um, so that, that, that's, I suppose, a, a little bit of around the background of, of ACM. Um, there's probably a bit more, but I'll, I'll, I'll dovetail into the Organic Milk Co. So that was um, really a um, uh, the strategy for around organic, organic milk was devised at a, a farmer or a supplier Christmas party back in 2014. Um, so I was sitting around the sitting around the table having some lunch and um, <laughs> in discussion with a few dairy farmers about, you know, what do you think about organic? And, um, yes, and that was where the, the idea really crystallised and um, set about a, a, you know, a, a, a big investment into organic milk and converting and, and supporting farmers to convert from conventional to organic milk um, at, that, at that time. So um, that was way back in 2014, 15 um, to... Uh, and then we we sort of evolved over the next three or four years, um, and that that strategy continued on, supporting farmers to convert to organic and really building the organic milk pool over that that period of time. Um, was it something that was it something that was easy, like for, in that conversion? Like, was it were there a lot of traditional dairy farmers that yeah, kind of I guess were sitting around that Christmas party and thought, oh yeah, maybe it's something that I'd actually like to do not sure where to start etc like was it a was it a, a really slow and kind of arduous but also really kind of yeah just testing the waters to see what the appetite was in the space yeah i think so i think there was there was an identification that organic probably wasn't being done as efficiently as possible within the industry so it's quite fragmented um there wasn't really a, a you know a lot of milk that was being aggregated in in, in scale to be able to then produce products that are in an efficient in efficient way um i think the the timing was quite interesting because at, at the time it was uh, when conventional milk prices were quite low um and organic prices were at a premium a, a, a substantial premium to the conventional market um so the farmers that were probably in discussion were ones that were maybe already farming in that way already um, without having a certification so you know um, had good access to water was growing a lot of their feed on farm um, and farming in quite a sustainable uh, way, uh, so that, that was that was probably part of it. But you're right. I think at the time there was there was a fair bit of um, there, there was a there's probably a lack of knowledge around how to go about the conversion and and what support was required and what farmers needed to do on farm to get themselves ready for certification. Um, so that was probably the the point there where finding you know a, a group of farmers that were interested and then setting around a program to help support them through that journey over the the three-year conversion um, was the next step for the business i'd love to jump back and to find out a little bit more about your background because i'm interested to see or to find out what it was that really kind of drew you into the business and makes you passionate about the organic milk space but but your background you've been in, involved in fast-moving consumer goods you the dairy side of things with buller but 
was it an was the the food and ag space kind of an area that really interested you or kind of growing up and through uni or where did that interest come from yeah look i think it's it's probably something i've just fallen into like i, I did a commerce degree at uni and then um my first role out of uni was with national foods which is now um well it was owned by lion dairy and drinks but now it's been acquired by bigger foods so um that was you know not talking 20 years ago now so i was involved in um uh, a customer service role there which supported the biggest milk contract in the country of Woolworths fresh milk contract um and it was probably that five or six years that i was there that i got a really good uh well, not a great understanding but I, I started to get an understanding of agriculture and, and milk and dairy and moved through different roles into um sales facing roles with uh, the cheese division in that business but yeah i think agriculture has been an area that i've been interested in for quite a while my, my role following line was with um, Tassel, so another aquaculture business uh, in the, uh, with the headquarters based down in, in Tasmania. So that whole supply chain of growing um, uh, growing or, or, or producing ag products and then converting and, and, and selling into the, uh, into the market has been um, yeah, part of my career. I then worked for other um, major um, uh, multinational. So I did some time with L'Oreal, but then Heinz was another a food based role and then Buller um, most previously to this current role. But I think with with the current role, what really attracted me to the organic dairy space was was the opportunity. Um, and I, I suppose the way that consumers are, are heading in, in the way that they're looking at um, where their food's coming from and the um, transparency within the production of their food. So that was a, a thing that really attracted me to the organic dairy space. Um, and, and from a strategy point of view, I think it was it was a new business. It was effectively a startup. So um, I was able to take a lot of my skills and experience in, in forming, you know, a sales plans and marketing strategies to um, set a path for the organic milk co, which I've been, yeah, thoroughly enjoyed the first few years in in, in setting that up while we've been um, getting going and commissioning a factory and then taking those products into the market and and now we're we're starting to communicate more broadly um, with our consumers. So that's probably that end to end piece, like really having a um, a, a role or a, um, a, an input into the overall strategy of the business and then actually going in and doing it as well. So. Um, that's been exciting, and I think coming out of corporate environments where you spend a lot of time in, in meetings and and deciding a strategy, I'm actually working on the business and interfacing with the retailers on a daily basis, and um, so that's exciting. That's where I sort of get a lot of my um, energy from in in those discussions and and working things through. Is there is there one end of the supply chain which kind of invigorates you more than the other, like sitting down talking and working with the farmers, or is it kind of the, yeah, at that consumer and the point of sale, really getting that product in, differentiating it from what else is out there? Uh, I think there's, there's nothing, um, well, there's, there's a really exciting uh, thing in taking a concept and then a, an ideation of a product and a strategy and then actually that crystallising in the market. That's, that's a pretty exciting thing to, to see transpire. But I think the last sort of 18 months to two years, I've spent more time with suppliers. Um, probably not as much as I'd like to over the COVID period, um, but yeah, even most recently we've had supplier meetings. They're actually getting to understand a little bit more about their businesses and the challenges uh, they're facing um, and how we can support a bit better has been um, yeah, a really good um, addition to, to my role and, and getting to 
uh, know the suppliers a bit more personally as well. So I hope to continue on that um, over the next six to 12 months in, in greater detail. It's, it's really just commenced from my perspective to, to get in there and um, to, to, uh, to understand a little bit more about what makes them tick and, and how we can. Hey, it's Nick here, Sheep Farmer and Rabobank Regional Client Council member. I'm passionate about supporting our local community so we can improve community wellbeing and build strong local economies. My job as a client council member is to help secure funding for regional grassroots initiatives. Those that support education in ag, rural health, sustainability, and help bridge the country city divide. We've helped organisations like Boys to the Bush, funded school field days like Ag Vision, and held succession planning workshops, just to name a few. If you have an idea to make a difference to regional Australia, go to our website at www.rabobank.com.au and nominate via our community fund. We'd love to hear from you. Do things better. Australian Organics is the leading peak body for the organic industry. A member-owned, not-for-profit organisation, protecting and promoting the future of the Australian organic industry. If you're keen to head along to the conference... It's being held on the 21st and 22nd of July in Brisbane. You can find out more at ostorganic.com or by following the link in the show notes. And in, in the organic space, it's, it's an area which is kind of, I think, feels like the last, say, 15, 20 years, it's kind of really evolved and now it's starting to come into its own. I see um, like the industry as a whole is heading towards $2 billion worth of kind of market value. And for you like what is it about the organic space where that's really driving the opportunities um in, in the area yeah look i think for us the the domestic market's been been really good i think over the the last couple of years there's been uh, probably an acceleration of of consumers looking at organic as, a, as an alternative uh, particularly you know, we talk about COVID 19 but i think that has been a real um i suppose uh, change in, in course for a lot of consumers to to um, reset what their relationships are with brands and and what their expectations are. So I, I talked about transparency of the supply chain. I think um, you know I think Australia has a, has a really great story to tell in terms of the products we produce and the the quality of agri- agricultural um, uh, commodities are, are first class. So. Um, that the domestic market is certainly um, has been a, a really strong area of growth for us. Um, there's still potential for more, I think, as as um, as probably in, in a dairy space we see that um, the conventional uh, or A1 um, market is increasing in terms of its value and the commodity prices uh, globally. So as that price gap narrows over time, I think then there's an opportunity for more organic. Uh, dairy consumption. Um, probably for us, our, our next area of opportunity is really export. Um, so it's been something we haven't been able to um, really get stuck into the last couple of years with, with travel, but obviously being fairly challenging. Um, but that's that's probably in the next area of opportunity where I see um, I see for us. So our strategy as a business, from uh, being the, the largest um, organic processor and having the largest organic milk pool, is to uh, support the categories where we have capability in. So that is cheese and butter and cream um, and milk powders. So, and then we also support other organic processes and brands um, with ingredients and in milk 
that we don't have direct capability in. So that'd be yogurt, fresh milk. Uh, so we have uh, strategic relationships with other processors as well to supply them milk or cream or other ingredients to support their operations. So we really take on, a, a, I suppose, a broader category role to help support the entire organic dairy market um, to yeah, supply products that, in, that grow the footprint of organic dairy across the supermarket across Australia. I've got a couple of questions um, off the back of that. The first one around kind of international markets is, is it China the logical international market for you guys? Um, not necessarily. No, I think there's, yeah, there's cool. quite a bit opportunity within Southeast Asia. So there's some premium markets there through uh, Singapore, uh, Malaysia, uh, Taiwan, even to a certain extent. Um, so we know there's organic um, consumption within those markets. Um, and the price premium in those markets is, is fairly strong. So in terms of organic um, uh, produce for export, we need to then go and get extra export market certifications in markets where we don't have a, uh, a relationship with um, at a federal level. So there's uh, extra certification and qualification on farm required and, and through our facilities as well to be able to access certain markets. So one of the key things um, happening at an industry level is to try and uh, um, get a, a mandatory a domestic regulation in place, which will enable um, export market equivalents to, to occur with, with other, other countries. So um, certain countries where we need to uh, hold a, an extra uh, certification is China, um, Korea, South Korea, uh, and the US, for instance. Uh, so they're markets where we don't have equivalents and and ones that are, are fairly um, uh, large in terms of the, the opportunity for organics as well. Um, so that's, that's, uh, that's certainly a barrier at this point in time. But yeah, as I said, I think there's certainly opportunity for, for products into Southeast Asia where we, we are able to trade freely. You mentioned that you guys are the largest um, producer of organic um, milk products at the moment. So is that... Do you see it as, as an advantage or is it kind of quite challenging being the ones that are, are blazing the trail and really trot, like, just the complexities involved, particularly in an export space? Is it is it fairly difficult? Yeah, look, I think, look, it, it has its advantages, um, definitely from having the scale that we have within our milk pool. So that's been able to uh, enable us to be quite efficient with the milk we have. So that's, that's the real the key to this strategy. And I think where you see organic, products in general being at a premium to conventional or non-organic products is due to the inefficiencies through the supply chain. So you don't have the same scale as the conventional milk uh, or conventional products. Um, so from a processing and manufacturing point of view, there's a higher overhead for that, for that production. Um, but where we've been able to um, design the strategy around having a facility that can process multiple milk types, so it can produce A1, A2, organic at any one time um, we can then share that overhead cost across across the across the group um, which allows us to be efficient um, in in the products that we put out into the marketplace to then you know have the a, a reasonable premium uh, to the consumer to entice that uptake i think the the challenges are that you know when you are the largest there's always um, potential for uh, other uh, competitors coming to the marketplace but we work on competition i think it's healthy it's great for the farm gate it ensures that um, the farmer is getting paid um, a appropriate price for their for their products 
um, and we've seen that uh, increase in the last couple of months quite significantly um, off the back of not only the conventional market but also the um, the organic market commanding a premium for for products as well. And for you guys, the Australian Certified Organic, the the actual um, accreditation associated with that, has that been a, a game changer for you guys? And how did you go through that process? Yeah, look, we've used ACO for maybe six or seven years now in terms of our, our certifying body. Um, from a branding point of view, I think it is you know, really important for us to carry that that certification mark. And the Bud logo is the most widely recognised logo for organic certification in Australia. So that's the reason why we chose that. Um, went, went down that path from a, a, a Bud or an ACO point of view. Um, but I think more broadly that the industry and the, the the certifying bodies are a great assistance to us as a processor, our suppliers as well, to ensure that they're supporting and, and helping us through that journey to maintain that certification, but also identifying areas of opportunity for growth and um, for improvement. Um, so we welcome that um, that aspect of the of the of the business in terms of the audit compliance, and that ensures that. Consumers are getting a, a product that is safe and certified and, and has gone through the rigours to be uh, a certified organic product. And so for you guys at the moment, um, you mentioned a couple of those products. How, what are the different products that you're, you're offering um, into the market? Yeah, so uh, I think we, uh, we started off with um, organic butter back in 2019. So we produced a, a range of products over that time. We started off with um, some infused butters which had um, different flavors infused which quite innovative at the I time. I remember saying them. Yeah so that was that was pretty cool it was a, um, a real innovation that um, the market accepted. I think that the challenge with that product was the repeat on it was quite low because it was fairly niche in terms of the application so you might have it on a Saturday night dinner party you might have an infused butter with a a crusty bread roll or a top of steak or something like that but in terms of the day-to-day consumption it wasn't that high um, so we've, we've basically um, streamlined the business into soldered and unsoldered. We produce our own branded product under the Organic Milk Co brand. Um, we also support um, our major retail partners with their own labels as well. Um, so we see that as a, as a key um, avenue to expand the categories as well. The, the retailers, um, and the Coles and Moores and Aldi, have very strong brand recognition within the organic space. So we see that as a way to promote organic as a as an offering within the categories and using their brand equity as a way to, to get that, that message through. Uh, but most recently we've um, we've launched an organic cheddar range, so organic cheese um, into the marketplace. So we have a you know a tastier or a, a, a extra tasty product that probably is in the market now, um, you know, a block, a slice and a shred format. Um, and excitedly we've got a couple of new products coming into the market in about four weeks time. So to watch this um, one space. Will be a, yeah, that's right. Yeah, so I can probably share it. One's a mozzarella and one's a um a, like a melting baking cheese as well. So a combination of cheddar and mozzarella, um, which will be in the market sort of late August. So um yeah, exciting. Yeah, oh quite a couple of couple of weeks coming up for you then. No, it's right. <laughs> yeah. We're trying to get a few things in a row, packaging and <laughs> oh, so the joys. It's uh it's all systems go, so we'll get there. And on the farm front, how many different farmers are you guys working with? And I guess maybe to contextualise it, because maybe people won't understand in terms of litres of milk, but um, yeah, like what what kind of volumes of 
of butters and cheese products are you guys able to bring to market based off um, the number of farmers and how much products produced? Yeah, yeah. So we're working with around 35 uh, farmers at the moment. Um, we're always looking for more and uh, and talking to, to more, uh, to, talking to other suppliers as well. Um, so within the milk pool is around about 35 million litres of milk. Um, so uh, it's probably an average of you know, 800 to a million litres per farm, some smaller, some larger, obviously. Um, and they're geographically dispersed throughout Victoria. So we have a large centralisation in northern Victoria, which is where our, our, our manufacturing facility is. Um, but then we also have supplies in the uh, western districts um, and, and the east as well in Gippsland. So we've got good geographical dispersion. Um, those those, um, those supplies will feed a lot of our customers in, in Melbourne in terms of our milk and cream customers. And then a lot of the farms in the north will supply our factory um, to produce the products that we make um, in the market. Uh, so in terms of volumes, we're probably producing around about 1,000 metric tonne of butter annually, which is um, goes into the domestic market a little bit into export. Um, on the cheese, it's probably four or 500 metric tonne of, of organic cheddar. Um, we see that as really being the one that can, can grow and can really make a, you know, a big uh, footprint in Australia. That's just under our brand. We've worked together. A, um, a, a retail brand on board. We think that's a great opportunity to, to further um, grow the organic milk pool and um, sustain that organic uh, dairy position um, within the, with the farming sector. Uh, and the other part of our business is um, milk powders. So we supply them into other yogurt manufacturers, the formula market as well. So we're probably producing somewhere between 1,000 and 1,500 metric tonne of um, milk powders as well, mainly skim milk powder, some whole milk powder and um, whey protein concentrate, which is um, a specialised ingredient for infant formula. So, um, yeah, that's sort of a, yeah, a broad um, uh, vol volumetric um, summation of, of what we produce out of the factory and then we're supplying milk into the, into the market as well to our, our major customers that have yoghurt uh, brands in the, in the marketplace and fresh milk. Enough to keep you busy anyway, Ryan. Yeah, it's enough to keep us going. And I think, yeah, the exciting thing for us is that, you know, we, three years ago, we were producing none of it. So it's yep. been a, a quick, a really quick um, growth trajectory. Uh, we're excited for the future. We think there's there's plenty more growth there. And, and um, I think it's a really a great opportunity for the, the, the organic dairy farming sector as well. Um, the, the key thing around organic dairy, I think, versus non-organic dairy is the stability over time. So um, a lot of our demand and our, our sales uh, on long-term contracts. So we know that there's a stability in, in the organic milk price that we can pay back to the farm gate. Um, where, whereas we don't have exposure to global commodities, which can go up and down. So whilst we might not be always at the, the top of the cycle, we're, we're definitely um, not going to be at the bottom of the cycle either. So um, that premium to the conventional milk market is is generally a fluctuation of um, the conventional market, not the, the organic uh, market. So our job is to keep that premium uh, where it is and, and consistently grow it over time, which um, we've been able to do over the last three or four years as we've, um, we've got it into our strategy. Unreal. Now, in terms of uh, the, the discussion at the upcoming conference, what are, what are some of the areas that you're hoping to yeah, kind of delve into and, and look to discuss. I think what, what's really cool about the conference is it's bringing 
to gather people from right across the supply chain and right across the whole um, sphere of organic production and products. What are yeah some of those kind of bigger macro topics potentially, and then some of the more um, definitive little areas that you're looking to either discuss or, or to learn about? Yeah, look, from my perspective, it probably dovetails into something that we're doing, we've just commenced on, is, is really getting a broader understanding of what the industry is doing around carbon and mm-hmm. um, how they're looking to offset carbon, um, uh, what some of the strategies and some of the challenges that other producers and, and businesses have been exposed to, um, just for our general learning and understanding. Uh, we've embarked on a, um, an energy audit at our facility over the last couple of months. We, we do a report back soon to understand what our base level emissions are. From there, uh, one of our strategies for um, FY23, which we're just into now, is to um, move towards a carbon neutral footprint um, with the potential to go carbon positive in, in the years to come. But it's yeah, it's very, very much in its infancy. We're, we're waiting to see where we're at. Uh, we're fairly confident that within our, our, our system and our business that we, we should have a fairly low emission space. We're fairly new plant, um, oh, you, know, you know, very state-of-the-art technologies. We, we have um, good recyclability of water and, and waste management systems in place. So I think um, we should be set up for success, and hopefully that's that's the case from the report. Um, but that's one of the big, um, I suppose, macro topics I'm looking to to get into and, and understand a bit more from those that have um, been through it the last couple of years. Yeah, it's going to be interesting. It's certainly front of mind for everyone um, at the moment, and I think yeah, really just opening that discussion to kind of just the awareness piece at this stage. It feels like we've got um, kind of more broadly, we've got kind of sector targets that we're working towards but it's kind of at the ground level what does it mean for farmers what does it mean for small business and then how do we actually implement it so it's exciting that you guys are already working on it and i think uh will be a key topic of discussion yeah absolutely i think it's a real advantage for the organic industry i mean that's um they're probably better positioned to be able to leverage um carbon neutrality and and the benefits of that in the organic um, farming system and, and the agriculture system so i think it's um it's one that's potentially a, a real uh, game changer for the organic sector, um, not only for consumers that are ch- chasing organic products, but a lot of consumers now are looking at that whole sustainability piece and carbon neutral claims. Uh, I think will become a, a real um, a decision driver of purchase over the next couple of years. Yeah, definitely. Well, Ryan, thanks for joining us for a bit of a chat, and um, looking forward to catching up with you next week up in sunny Brisbane. Yeah, pleasure, Ollie. Thanks for the opportunity and uh, look forward to chatting again. Beauty. We hope you've enjoyed this deep dive into the Organic Milk Company. To ensure you don't miss any other deep dives or any other episodes of the Humans of Agriculture podcast, please follow and subscribe. We'd love to hear from you on what topics you'd like to see in the future.